Hi, welcome to West Edmonton Christian Assembly, and thank you for tuning in to our weekly sermon podcast. Thank you each one for taking the time and having the courage to declare each of your own stories. And you probably noted from each one that shared, everyone had their own personal story, everyone had their own unique story, everyone had their own testimony, and yet all of them contained some things that were common. Number one, there was a recognition of the reality of God, the presence of God, the the place for God in their lives. Each of them recognized that they needed a new start, a fresh start, a a person that could forgive them and, and, and love them. And it's so great when we can sit here today and hear the stories of those who will be water baptized in just a few moments and to recognize that all of us celebrate together. We're all in this together. Everyone wins. The only loser is the devil, I would suggest. Because for those of you who pray every week, and maybe you come Thursday night, maybe you're Monday night, maybe it's Wednesday night, maybe you're praying at home on a consistent basis and you're lifting up the church and you're praying for God to work and to move in people's lives. Those of you who cook meals for Alpha or whatever program it might be and you're giving of your time, you don't have to be here, no one's paying you to be here, but you're contributing, you're giving because you have a vision for what your contribution can do as you serve. For those of you who in just a few moments are going to contribute financially to the work that's being done at Weka, in Weka, through Weka, and beyond the walls of Weka. All of it works together. It's like a hockey team that work together with different positions, different skill sets to help the team win. And all of us win when we celebrate on Water Baptism Day. And we couldn't do it without all of you. So all of us are a part of the victory, and all all of us are part of the vision and the celebration. And our vision here at Weka, essentially our mission is to help people uh, discover Jesus and grow in relationship with him. And this is a little glimpse or a little clip, a window into how that's working. So I just want to thank all of you for being part of that. We're going to uh, just share a few quick announcements before I jump into a, a short message on water baptism so that we can just understand from a biblical perspective, what it is that's going to be happening in just a few moments in the tank and why it's important and how it was modeled in the New Testament and some of the reasons why we do it. So we'll look at that in a few moments time. But inside your bulletin, there's a connection card if you wouldn't mind taking it out for a moment or two. If this is your home church, all we'd ask is that you just put your name on it or your family member names, unless maybe you've had a change of address or an updated email that you like to give us, you can do that as well. But if you're newer to the assembly, maybe you came this morning to uh, watch one of the candidates be uh, baptized and this is your first or second time in the church. Uh, If you wouldn't mind filling out the information on the card, you're not joining the church. It's It's not a membership card. It's a bit like a guest book. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, put the information on it. And on the back side, if you would like some information on some of the programs we offer at the top of the card on the back, you'll notice that there are some boxes you can check off. And maybe you have decided to follow Christ or you're interested in finding out more about what it means to be a Christian and some of the stories have really tweaked 
your interest at the bottom of the card, you can check that off and we'll follow that up with you and have a little discussion and help you to understand that. So you can place it in the offering basket when it comes your way and uh, that would be terrific if you could do that. A few things that I do want to mention uh, today that may be of interest to you. First of all, we have, we've kind of a personal congratulations and we don't normally set a precedent by announcing a lot of personal things. But we'll set the precedent for you if you make it to this place as well. Ru- Rudy and Erna Litke, and they don't know that I'm going to be saying this. And I don't want to embarrass them. But uh, tomorrow they will be celebrating their 70th wedding anniversary uh, tomorrow. So, it's really a, a remarkable milestone. And when you think of of all of the moving parts that have to synchronize together to get to that moment. It's uh, tremendous. So uh, Rudy and Erna, we uh, celebrate the milestone that you'll be celebrating tomorrow. And uh, we are, they're just uh, wonderful people. And uh, we're blessed to have them as a part of our assembly. I do want to mention that tonight we're going to be starting a three-part summer series. It's a video-based series. There's going to be a session tonight. There will be a session in late July, and there will be a session in late August. So it's a three-part series, and it's called Dealing with Doubt. So the speaker is Gary Habermas, who is one of the leading experts in the field of defending the truth and in supporting uh, uh, beliefs and, and claims in a resurrected Christ. And I want to just tell you why I think it's important. It's important for a number of different reasons. If you are free to come tonight, I really encourage you to be there. I'm planning on being there. Uh, it's in room uh, C215, which is the yellow room upstairs. If you go down by the cafe and just go up the stairs and take a left through the doors, you'll see room C215. He's, he's co-authored or authored about 40 books, including the popular book, Evidence for the Historical Jesus. And some studies show us that five to six, five out of every six, I should say, young adults, when they go off to university, end up leaving the church. Now, are we suggesting the reason is completely related to the fact that they may not know what they believe or why they believe it? I'm not suggesting that. There are probably a lot of different dimensions that factor into it. But for sure, I would suggest for your thinking that in North American evangelical Christianity, we are a little on the thin side as it relates to being able to give a good reason for the hope that we have in our hearts. And I believe that this series will really not only galvanize your own personal faith and conviction and and your belief in God, but I think it'll also help you to defend uh, your Christian beliefs and be able to to dialogue uh, rationally and respectfully of those who may have questions. So I'd really encourage you to come and, and be part of it. It'll be from 6 to about 7.30. And so tonight is session one uh, at six o'clock. So I just wanted to mention that to you. And there is some information in the bulletin on the, on the three different topics. You can take a look at that as well. I do want to mention that uh, for the singles who are here today, uh, we do have a potluck happening after the second service. So if you're here and you want to come back, you're more than welcome to. 
And it's more or less oriented to sort of the 35 plus, but it's really open to anyone. But if you're single for whatever reason in your life and you're looking to be part of a fellowship and to build a system of support and friendship, this would be a great thing to go to. So again, there's some details in the bulletin and you can take note of that as well. I do want to also mention very quickly that after this service, we have a seniors, a Weka seniors coffee time. There's some uh, snacks and and that as well going on. If you head out the center doors here, take a quick right and left and go down the hallway. It's on the right in the conference center. So these have been wonderful opportunities. They do a monthly for the seniors to gather together and to, to connect and have good fellowship. So I wanted to mention that uh, to you as well. Uh, ushers, if you'd come forward at this time, uh, one other thing I'll mention, we did receive a few more Q&A, a few more questions for our summer series. It's a sequel to last summer. It's a really popular series on you know, just trying to field and, and do our best to answer some questions that you might have uh, about life or the Christian faith or uh, subjects you'd like uh, uh, talked on or spoken on. So we're going to do our best to uh, try and answer some more of those as well. This is the last Sunday in our fiscal year. Uh, it ends June 30th, so uh, just encourage you to give uh, uh, sacrificially and joyfully today as we just con- continue to give out of the uh, resources God has allowed us to steward as we look at uh, just ramping up our end giving to this fiscal year uh, moving into the summer. So join me in prayer if you would, please. Our Father in heaven, we want to say thank you for each story that we heard this morning of how you are still actively involved in intercepting the lives of those who live on planet Earth. The lives of those to whom you have created. The lives of those to whom you love and desire so much to reconcile to yourself through your son, Jesus Christ. And we celebrate with these stories and and we all win together. But most of all, we give thanks to you because we believe that your spirit has been drawing and is drawing people into your presence. And uh, we're seeing these stories and these testimonies of people whose lives have been changed. And we give you thanks. And to this, we contribute out of worship to you, but also based on the value of contributing to the work of your kingdom and what's going on here and through Weka as well in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for for giving today. And as uh, the offering baskets are being uh, distributed, I want to share some thoughts this morning on the subject of water baptism. And there really are only so many ways that you can say things about baptism. So undoubtedly, some of the scriptures I'll share and some of the thoughts are repetitive. And yet at the same time, water baptism is what we would consider to be one of the two main ordinances of the church. And it's immeasurably important that we make time to hear the stories and to witness the baptisms that will happen in just a few moments time, recognizing That water baptism really does reflect some very notable things in the lives of those who've been baptized. And as I've mentioned before, we won't be doing this alone. If you can imagine it, ladies and gentlemen, approximately 70,000 people every day in our world participate in water baptism. Believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ declare their allegiance 
to Jesus Christ, share their stories, and then are baptized. It's amazing when you think about it. And not only that, but we're sharing in this long-standing tradition that essentially started and was recorded in the first century church. Many of them are recorded in the book of Acts. I'll share, you just, uh, share with you just a few quick examples. There are so many examples of how this was practiced in the first century church and how believers in Jesus and followers of Christ were in fact water baptized. The first one is Acts 2.41. On that day, about 3,000 believed Peter's message about Jesus, and they were baptized. And can you imagine for a moment a crowd of 3,000 people coming to faith in Christ? Now, we've got six stories this morning. But there were 3,000 on that day. And they were water baptized. Incredible. Acts 8.12. But when they believed what Philip was saying about God's kingdom. And about the name of Jesus Christ. They were all baptized. Acts 8.38. He ordered the chariot to stop. Then they, speaking of Philip and the Ethiopian official. They both went down into the water. And Philip baptized them. Acts 10, 48. Peter ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Lots of examples. Acts 18, 8. Many others in Corinth also heard the message. And all the people who had faith in the Lord. Well, they were baptized. And finally, Acts 19, 5. After the people heard Paul say this, they were baptized In the name of the Lord Jesus. And so this morning as we baptize people in this tank behind me in just a few moments time. We will be following in this long standing practice that was modeled by the first century church. With those who believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Choosing to be baptized. It happened quite frequently. In the first century church. And it ought to happen quite frequently. In the 21st century church as well. When you think about baptism. I want you to think about it this way. Baptism doesn't really do something to you. And it doesn't do something for you. But essentially it describes something that's happened in you. And you could probably phrase it something like this. Baptism it's actually a public declaration. Reflecting a personal decision. So it's based on something very private. And very personal that's taken place. Inside a person's heart life. Inside their mind. But it's not really kept private. It's declared publicly. And it's, it's witnessed publicly as well. It's amazing. It's not a token religious act. It's not something that these people are forced to do. This is not a cultic movement. It's not something they have to do to attend our church, to be part of the church. It's not a sacrament that confers salvation. It's not mystical or magical that when they go under the water, all of a sudden something happens that could never happen unless they went under the water. Rather, it's a public ceremony that really kind of confirms salvation. 
And it ultimately speaks of at least three things, more than three things. Each time I share a little thought for a baptism service, I try and dial in or, 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 or bring in a few other little nuggets of what it reflects or what it really says. So let me give you three things very quickly to think about. Three things that are actually reflected in the lives of those who will be baptized in just a moment's time. Number one, baptism really reflects a new leader. A new leader. When those who have shared their stories this morning, when they choose to be water baptized, they're essentially saying, I, I, I'm now serving a new leader. I'm following a new person. In other words, I'm no longer living my life for myself or someone else. I'm not making decisions solely based on what I want, but I'm following a new leader. Note. Water baptism is not a graduate certificate for a perfect Christian life. It's not like you get to a certain point where you're good enough now. You're Christian enough. You're perfect enough to step in the tank. That's not what's depicted in water baptism. But it is depicting the fact that you recognize that you have a new leader in your life. Those who are being baptized identify with and they align themselves with their new leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.27. And all who've been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. In other words, he is now their leader. It's like putting on new clothes. There's a change. There's a new leader. There's a new director. There's someone giving me guidance. I've got a new supervisor. This is in part what's being declared when one is baptized. Not I'm perfect. I've got it all figured out. I've got a perfect story that, that would make a master's in theology look minor. No, they don't have it all figured out. They don't have every verse memorized. They haven't got every little piece of theology nicely tucked away. Nor did the thief on the cross. When Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But there's an acknowledgement that there's someone else in their life. That hopefully each and every day is, is gaining a little bit more of the leadership of that person's life. The Apostle Paul wrote these words in Romans 6, 3. We were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism. So friend, baptism speaks of a union. It speaks of a joining together. It speaks of a relationship where the one being baptized has lovingly and willingly accepted and surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ as their new leader. Their friend. Number two, baptism reflects... A new life. So not only are those who are being water baptized today saying there's a new leader in my life. But I have started a new life. A new life. And as the participant is lowered into and under the water. And we do full immersion. Not a sprinkle. In part because we believe 
the examples in the New Testament are of immersion in water. It speaks of one's old life and one's former way of life being buried or being submerged under the water. Essentially being done away with. And as the participant rises up out of the water, it reflects being lifted up into new life. A new worldview, a new way of seeing life, a new way of living life, a new way of loving in life. Perfection? I think not. As you read through the letters and the books of the New Testament describing those who had been water baptized, perfection is not a word that you would use to describe a number of the stories of those who were in those churches. So let's take perfection and just put it outside the door. That's not where it's at. Progress? I think so. Baptism reflects a new start. It's like a mulligan in golf. You shank the ball into the bushes the first time, the first go of it, and your buddy says, here's another ball. We're not going to count that one. You get another shot. It's kind of a do-over. It reflects a new life. Romans 6, 4, Paul writes these words. When we were baptized, we died and we were buried with Christ. We were baptized... So that we would get a certificate to put in our booklet. No. We were baptized so that we could join the church. No. We were baptized so that we would live a new life. As Christ was raised to life by the glory of the Father. Pretty powerful words. It's amazing when you think of it. Water baptism is an outward declaration of an inner decision to follow Christ that actually points you in a new direction. That's why we celebrate with those who get baptized. Because there's a new start. There's a new direction. There's a new way of seeing life. There's a new way of doing life. There's a new relationship that's been established. And there's a new place in the forever family of God. More on that in just a moment. Colossians chapter 2. Paul says, and this is from the message, if it's an initiation ritual you're after, you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. In Christ, there's new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17, a powerful passage. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. And I think some translations essentially say becoming new. It's really powerful. I think all of us would be willing to admit that we've made some mistakes, that we do make mistakes. We say things, we think things. Sometimes we do things that we regret doing, even as followers of Jesus. And even though you're not up here in the tank being baptized today, but if you see them go under the water and hopefully come back up, think about your own life. And just say a little thank you to Jesus. Then each and every day, God's mercies are new. His faithfulness is great. The death of Christ has wiped the slate clean. There's no accusations against you. In the spiritual court of law, you've been declared not guilty Your sins are no longer held against you. 
And you've been brought into a relationship with God the Father, not because of something you could do to impress him, but something he did for you. It's, it's wonderful. And then number three, baptism reflects a new lineage. Yes, there's a new leader. It's the beginning of a new life, but there's something else that I want you to think about as the candidates are water baptized. And I want you to think about it in terms of your own life too. It reflects a new lineage. For those who are being baptized today, they are declaring that they have become a part of the forever family of God. There is, to quote the songwriter, a new name written down in glory. For when you are being water baptized, you are essentially declaring or it is being reflected in and through you that you've kind of got a new last name. You're coming into a new family. You see, their belief in Jesus and their trust in Jesus places them in a relationship with God and allows them to be adopted into his forever family. And that's one of the reasons that we baptize the candidates in the presence of the congregation. Because it's also a way for us as a church to celebrate, yes, their new life. Yes, their new leader. But also their new lineage. Their place in the forever family of God. But also, in a sense, they're kind of joining our family too. As a church. For baptism truly reflects the essence of a new Lineage, The gospel according to John chapter 1. It's a great passage. To all who did receive him. To those who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent. Not of human decision. Or of a husband's will. But born of God. It's a spiritual birth. No one can climb back into their mummy's tummy and receive a second physical birth. That doesn't happen. But there's something that's called a spiritual birth, being born of the spirit above, born again, as we sometimes call it. It's amazing. Galatians chapter four. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you're, you're not a slave, you're a child? Let's remember that today. We're children of God. You see, friend, for the one that, that, that being baptized, uh, it's being declared, you are a son. You are a daughter of the most high father God. You've been forgiven. You've been reconciled back to God. You've been adopted into his family. So this isn't trite, it's not meaningless, it's not a religious uh, token. It's a very, very meaningful, personal and powerful encounter. And it reflects three things, a new leader, a new life, and it reflects a new lineage. And so at this time, I'm going to ask if the worship team would come back to the platform and something that we have just been doing more recently, and it was met with very favorable comments was that we are going to be baptizing those who have shared their story today as a part of a worship package. This is undoubtedly one of the most worshipful moments is when we get to watch those 
who and Pastor Randy will be coming in the tank right away uh, with the first candidate. We get to celebrate. And as they're uh, going down under the water and coming back up out of the water, we clap, we cheer, we celebrate with them. And then we just carry on singing the worship as we lifting up our own hearts of gratitude to God. So worship team, if, if you would come and Pastor Randy, if you would come to the tank at this point in time. And let's begin to uh, water baptize those this morning who have chosen to walk in the uh, ways of baptism. And then when we're finished baptizing them, I'll come up and uh, close with the benediction today. As we were watching the candidates get baptized, I was, I was kind of having a bit of a flashback to the, the start of the church uh, back in the school in 1988. And you know, I, I started thinking to myself... Every chair that you ever set up, the old cube van that John Croker used to, I was always scared of John, he used to <laughs> park that thing and stack it full of the equipment, every service, every piece of drywall you hung in the old strip mall, and every dollar you gave, every prayer that you prayed, every Sunday school class you taught, every time you were in the kitchen cooking for something, and you know, God remembers that. And all of that, that all contributes to this. It doesn't just happen. So maybe you're here this morning, you think, you know, pastor, I used to, I used to be able to be more involved, but I, you know, some of the things in my body don't work anymore and I can't do what I used to be able to do. And God remembers, you know, we're, we're in our 29th year now, which is still relatively young as a church in the PAOC. But there's been an awful lot of heavy lifting for a long time. And you know, we're starting to see more and more of the fruit ripening, changed lives, people who are being added to the church. And I, I just wanted to say thank you. And it's, it's not forgotten. And you're contributing. And as Jesus said it, don't store up here on earth treasures where thieves can steal it and the moth can eat away at it. And it's not permanent, but store up treasures in heaven. And that, that's what all of you have done. And some of you have done it virtually from day one. You left the comforts of your own church. You didn't need to, but you gathered with 35 to 40 others to start this great idea that we call Weka, And the rest is history. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you for being here this morning and for celebrating with us. And uh, God bless you as you go. Don't forget the seniors uh, event down the hallway. Have a wonderful day as you go at this time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can watch us live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Mountain through our Facebook page or by visiting us at weka.com. We invite you to be part of our online community by visiting any of the links in the show liner. If you're in the Edmonton, Alberta area, visit us at our West Edmonton campus on 199th Street or pop in for a coffee at the Weka Chapel located in the West Edmonton Mall.